0: These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and lived to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Little Feedback Friday edition here. Got our OG Wolves guy Judd, executive producer extraordinaire Declan, and a nice little win for the Wolves last night. Yeah, went into Milwaukee. Yeah, what's going on with the Bucks too? Well, Damian Lillard didn't play, but even even with him. It's funny cuz like the Bucks seem like they're just reeling, right? They fired a coach and they've been blowing all these yeah. leads like the Wolves. And yet they're still you know, what are they? Third still in the Eastern Conference, 33 and 19, even after three straight losses. So mm-hmm. It's nice nice to build up a cushion. Uh in the Western Conference standings, the Wolves and the Nuggets are tied at the top, 36 and 16. The Thunder are a half game back, and then the Clippers, who the Wolves play tomorrow, are just a game back. And then you got the Suns lurking a few games back. The Pelicans are lurking in that sixth seed right now. So it is wild out there in the Western
1: Conference, boys. I didn't tell you guys about the bet I made on my birthday with a friend of mine um, who doesn't believe in the Wolves basically at all. And uh, there was a couple of Manhattans involved here, too. So there was some cocktail lubricant that that made this bet. But I made a bet that they will be the one seed by the time the playoffs start. And if they're not the one seed, then I I owe him the entire first round of golf. Greens fees, drinks, the whole, the turn, everything. So I feel like
0: you should get some mods on that, though, because like there's some really good. I I think at this point, because like the Nuggets have caught them. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you can go back and get like two to one. (laughs) Like if you win he should pay for more, you know, more golf than you're paying for. Is my point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that as well. I can probably see that too, as well. Probably way too late for that. Yeah, it's now it's probably. Too late yeah, now. He probably. We're, yeah, we're 2 he months just in. Shake
0: your hand very fast. Yeah. Yep. But Thank- la- last night they they had like last night they had the most threes they've made all year. The most field goals they've made all year. They had 21 made threes last night. They had the second most assists in a game all year, the third fewest turnovers with 8 and Kyle Anderson with the stress of the trade deadline now being alleviated, puts up a classic Kyle Anderson performance. The you know the defense was on point. He winds up scoring eight points on three shots, six assists, including a transition lob to Rudy at one point. If you haven't seen that highlight, it's awesome. Uh, five rebounds, three steals. So you cleared, you want. he
2: cleared his mind last night. Yeah, that's all you want, right? Slow-mo, no one's asking for a lot. Just solid play. Yeah. just That's great. Don't.
0: Get technicals late, and I, I think Monte Morris is gonna help with that second unit and the offensive problems too. But yeah, he was like classic Kyle Anderson. Just 20 minutes of Swiss Army knife doing everything, distributing lobs, all that stuff. So and by the way, uh the Jim Pete episode from yesterday, um, people seem to be digging that. So thank you guys for for supporting these Jim Peterson episodes. He's gonna be a regular recurring guest on Flagrant Howls uh probably weekly, but his travel schedule is gonna be going to be kind of crazy too but would you guys like some buyout candidates in list form here so so this is next right deadline is passed this is the next phase of player acquisition that the team roles are usually not a part of okay because this is like absolutely teams teams don't want to pay for you know teams teams like a player gets traded and then doesn't want to play for that team or the team has no use for that player and so they buy that player's contract out and then that player can sign for almost nothing with contending teams, and the Wolves are now one of those contending teams.
2: Before we start this, do you need to cover yourself in the protection of the reckless speculation sounder? You know, I don't think it's reckless, but I mean, just to be safe, I'm, I'm just reckless. offering you the so- blanket, the blanket of reckless speculation no. safety. And I'm
0: getting. By the way, I'm I'm I did some uh, what's the word? I guess. Uh, the hack for this is i went to uh, our guy sheldon wolman at clutch points he put together a list of 5 so i'm just going to give you his list of 5 because he's a super sharp dude you see him at target center uh in the media row and he and he has five it's funny as like almost all these dudes are via the pistons in some way because the pistons are just the pistons are just like a transaction machine right now just okay yeah we'll take your expiring Smart. contract get rid of this guy that's what they should do you know okay we'll cut this guy off our roster So uh, these are five buyout candidates that could be great potential fits off the Wolves bench. I'll get just one more time. Just be safe. Speculation from uh, Sheldon Wolman over at Clutch Points. Number one, Danilo Gallinari got waived yesterday by the Pistons. Mm -hmm. This is a big time three point shooter over the past decade plus in the NBA. Uh, he did spend several years in Denver when Tim Connolly was there. I think he last was there maybe five or six years ago, so it's been a while. But he's a—it's funny because he's like six foot ten, but he's not a—he's not really a big man. He's like a six foot ten wing player, so you could play him with Gobert and Cat. He's essentially essentially be like a small forward or a wing, and uh, you know he's definitely not getting younger. But Danilo Gallinari as maybe a fifteen minute, sixteen minute. Just sniper shooter off the wing, hitting hitting those open looks, spacing in the corner. I love it. Could be really interesting. All okay. Right. Uh, Joe Harris is another one that was also waived by the Pistons yesterday. Uh, sniper three-point shooter in his career. 44% three-point make percentage in his career. Yes. Uh, he has twice led the league in 3 percent. He shot 47% one year, like five or six years ago
2: from three. He um he played for the Nets, right? Yep. Long time so, net. So the thing I love about Joe is this. He is in that probably pool of five five guys in the entire league who look like they belong in a pickup game at the YMCA. Oh yeah. But they can but they're marksmen. Yeah, like, Joe Harris. Uh, like I watched it. Joe Ingles was one of yes. them. Yes. <laughs> like they look like they belong. Like they're li- they literally look like they left their Kyle Anderson is the George Stock Washington on job, Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah. Little noon game, and then they go back to work.
0: It's like yeah, you get done with the game, and Joe Harris and Kyle Anderson just carved you up, and Jordan McLaughlin like just go back to your hotel room. But yeah, he is when when he's on when he's you know when he is getting open looks, he is a forty four percent career three point shooter. Wow. Six-foot-six wing player, 32 years old. Uh Danwell House, who is another six-foot-six wing, 30 years old, was traded by the Sixers to the Pistons yesterday. And the Pistons then, <clears throat> excuse me, waved him. So another <laughs> Pistons, Pistons transaction. Pistons
2: had like 20 guys on their roster by the end of yesterday.
0: <laughs> They've won two games in a row now, by the way.
2: Hey. The Pistons, let's go.
0: <laughs> so how about this? He's he's like a league average make percentage throughout his career. He's like a 35, 36% guy, not as good the last couple of years, but 60% of his career shot attempts are from three point range. So he's not going to be the most efficient shooter, but he will yeah. shoot a lot of three pointers.
2: Not sure. I like that. That one.
0: I think this next one here, number four out of five is right up Judd's alley. You guys are both hockey guys too. So this is right up your alley. Okay. Marcus Morris. 34-year-old, hard-nosed, veteran wing, uh, kind of a Grind little bit of a Draymond Green, kind of like Mucker? enforcer, muck it up kind of a guy. Now, the 76ers traded him to the Spurs yesterday, and he hasn't officially been bought out as of the recording of this episode. But he's likely to be bought out by the Spurs because, you know, the Spurs aren't going anywhere. And uh, Morris is 34 years old. 38% career three point shooter. He's also like six foot seven, six foot eight, so he's a little bit bigger. Uh sixty-seven career playoff games. You remember most of those being with the Celtics and the Clippers. So just a lot of like deep playoff round battles against some of the best teams in the NBA. And he would bring a
2: little bit more of a salt of the earth grit to
0: your personality. Yeah.
2: I think I'm still on the Joe Harris or Gallinari train here.
0: Okay. I'll give you the last one, and then we and I'll rank them in terms of like my wish list. But uh, Evan Evan Fournier is the last one on this list. Thirty-one year old Frenchman who has a great connection with Rudy Gobert on the French international team, the French yeah. national team. Now he was traded from the Knicks to the Pistons yesterday, and the Pistons are likely to buy him out. So another <laughs> Pistons connection. He's been in Tom Thibodeau's doghouse for basically the last like two years. He just hasn't played a whole lot. Uh, But he's a career 38% three-point shooter. Not the same guy he was, like, in Orlando when he was... He was actually scoring, like, almost 20 points a game in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, as the third or fourth guy coming off your bench, 12 minutes here, 15 minutes there, he could maybe knock down some open threes. So, I'm kind of with you, though, Judd. I think I would go... I think I would go Gallinari, number one. Mm -hmm. Joe Harris, number two. And Marcus Morris, number three three mm-hmm. in that order. Um, I saw that Spencer didn't didn't Spencer. Uh, didn't he get waved yesterday, too? He's not on this list from clutch points, but that's another one to maybe to maybe keep an eye. On. But, but yeah, it'd be great if you could just add like 15, 16, maybe sometimes 20 minutes of a guy that can get out there and hey, Anthony Edwards is driving and three defenders come in and whoop, there's a pass to the corner Oh, hi, it's it's Danilo Gallinari, you know, career 40% three-point guy.
2: Exactly. Just a guy who who is a microwave, comes in for a brief time, just lights pop, pop, it up. Pop, 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 bang. Boom. And then he's gone. And guess what? He just hit three huge shots.
0: Yeah. And yes. guess what? You're down by double digits now.
1: Yeah. So, uh, can I, There's yeah. Can I add one more to the list? And I, he's not on this list. And, in fact, I'm not certain he'll be bought out. But what about if Seth Curry gets bought out? That's an interesting one. Yeah.
0: So uh, he's probably going to get what What was the transaction? He
1: got sent somewhere yesterday, right? To Back to Dallas. I think for like, isn't it like the third time he's, I think he's played. I know he's played there before, but um, I think he went to Dallas, correct? No, sh- uh,
0: Charlotte, right? Hornets. Uh, no, Hornets traded PJ, uh, PJ Washington for Seth Curry and Grant Williams. So, um, so Charlotte would, yeah, here was the deal. This is from, I don't know, a Dallas TV, a Charlotte TV station. Hornets are trading PJ Washington to the Mavericks. And they're getting Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first-round pick. So Charlotte would would likely buy him out, I would think, because they're 10 and 40, and Seth Curry is a veteran player that could maybe add something. But yeah, Dex, this is an, this is an interesting one. So he's 33 now, which is kind of crazy how fast life comes at you. He has a 43% career rate from three, but this year it's 36%, which is a career low, which is still like league average, by the way. So could he come in off the bench, twelve, fifteen minutes here and there, and tap into the great shooter that he used to be? Uh, now he's more of like a shooting guard, point guard. So that that's where like he's six foot one. Monte Morris kind of fills the role that Seth Curry might fill. Right. I, I would probably lean more toward like the size of some of these other guys. If I can get like a six foot six, six like six foot eight, six foot ten Gallinari, I'd probably go size. But yeah. Seth Curry is an interesting one to keep an eye on.
2: Yeah, I, I think I would go with a guy that, that I just deemed to be a designated shooter. Like, I, I just want you to hit shots. Because that's, as, you know, I think it was um, on Wednesday, Phil, that we talked about this. That, to me, because that solves spacing problems, which the Wolves aren't great at spacing sometimes. I mean, it gets really, really hanky. That solves a lot of things. And... If you can get him to do it, then, as we saw against the Bulls, when Ant is driving to the basket and you see three Bulls around him, somebody's wide open. Who's he trusting?
0: Yeah. He's, you know, is he now Jordan McLaughlin has knocked down a higher percentage of threes this year than any yeah, other year, but right. I don't know how much trust there is when you're like, okay, can I, should I make a play in the
2: corner right. to J Mac? I don't know. I think I'll just take it myself. And I'm talking a playoff game too. Like yeah. I'm talking ultimate trust here. So there's a list. Let us know
0: in the YouTube comment section. Do any of these guys do anything for you? Are there any other names that we should be talking about here over the next few weeks? Uh, Let's also do some feedback Friday here. We'll get into uh, some Carl Anthony Town stuff and a couple other fun topics. Presented by our friend David at First Equity Mortgage. Diehard Timberwolves fan. In fact, David's been a 20-year season ticket holder for Timberwolves and Lynx games. First Equity is a Minnesota-based... Uh, 24 years in the market, by the way, mortgage company that prides themselves on supporting the community, treating every customer as a friend and a neighbor, just like they did for me a few years ago. I had an amazing experience refinancing one of my old homes with uh, David over at First Equity Mortgage. They work fast. They have a great reputation and, uh, and not only a great reputation in the community, but also around the country. Uh, David is one of the top 1% loan originators in the country for the last 15 years. So, you know, you're getting a great experience at First Equity Mortgage, FEMort.com. That's FEMort.com or ScoreNorth.com keyword David. Okay, boys. Uh, this is from Spanish 24-7 on YouTube. Cat has become a two-way player, second in def- uh, second in defense, only behind Gobert. Um, is much to say for an offensive player like him, or it's, I, this is a butchered sentence by Spanish 24-7. But the point is, Cat has become a two-way player. Yep. Last night after the game, Dane Moore was talking to Anthony Edwards about the job that uh, the Wolves did on Giannis. And Ant immediately responded, don't say y'all. It's not y'all. It's Carl. Carl Anthony Towns. He said he ain't a weak link on defense, especially when he makes his mind up. He's definitely not a weak link. He can move them. Uh, he's strong enough to stand a player up in the post. He's versatile. Definitely not a weak link. Cat has the second best defensive win share mark in the NBA behind only Rudy Gobert. Yep. And this year is his his best defensive net rating as an individual in five seasons. So, and he did a great job last night.
2: In part on Giannis, he deserves a ton of credit too. Like just to be clear, he deserves for for a guy who who I think was often the biggest problem like his play he's been ultra talented his entire career but like you think about the amount of conversations that we've had on wolf shows about cat right cat pouting cat whining at officials cat doing this cat doing that if you think about it for the most part especially since that boston game he has really like you don't notice him other than his play which is a great Mm -hmm. thing Yep. Like, there, there's a way less BS here. And there's and, and when this team does collapse and does have problems, Carl's not atop that, that list now. Uh, and the 62-point game, I will say this. I think the biggest problem with that one was the fact of what Cat's teammates were doing to try to get him the ball and sacrificing the team itself. But that wasn't necessarily like, oh, Carl's demanding the ball. It was just sort of a very weird unnecessary uh, thought that the wolves were going to win by so much that how they played didn't matter but I give Carl a ton of credit here he's Mm -hmm. done a lot of things well deserves a ton of credit and he not only has sacrificed um, to take in a role which by by the way I think he's great at uh, he's not only sacrificed but he also has developed his game all around as that points out much more so so Yeah, this is it's funny
0: because like statistically he has put up much bigger numbers in seasons and like in terms of season averages. But in terms of being a winning player and do it, doing things that are necessary to win, fitting in the right way, playing defense the right way. And it's not that shocking because you should become more of a winning player the further you get into your prime. Uh, But he is, I think this is the most, can I say this is the most like winning version of Carl Anthony Towns that we've probably seen? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, we'll uh, keep it going in the playoffs. feels like that Celtics game early in the year, which was like a game of the year for the Wolves, but that where he was just completely ineffective. That kind of seemed like a turning point for him.
0: It's Mackie here and a shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples even. So I am an allergy sufferer, and it's uh, it's rough sometimes with stuffy, runny nose. For me, it can be like dry, scratchy eyes, throat, even just feeling tired. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live claritin clear fast and powerful relief just a quick trip away find claritin d or ask for claritin d at your pharmacy counter go to claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live claritin clear that's claritin.com use as directed yep definitely I mean, it was uh, it was a low point for sure because you literally had guys like Brian Windhorse coming on ESPN the week after saying that I don't think the Wolves could get a, a pick, a first-round pick, singular pick for Karl-Anthony Towns in a trade. Yep. And now here we are, he's an all-star and he's probably tracking to flirt with like a third-team All-NBA if he keeps playing like this.
2: Can I draw a comparison between um, this version of Cat and 2022 Kirk Cousins? Stats okay. went down a little bit, but they won 12 games, right? Um, and, and he did things that to the words that you used, Phil, were winning things. Like it yeah. feels like it feels like there's um there is a, a correlation there because if you just look at stats, you're exactly right. It's like, well, cat's always great. Well, no, if you watch him play This version and what he's doing now and contributing to me is a world of difference.
0: Jay on YouTube says, I'm a jazz fan still mourning the loss of Rudy Gobert. It's incredible. I just watched the NBA trade deadline show on ESPN. I heard Minnesota only twice in a three-hour show. What disrespect. I really hope you guys, Wolves fans, are going to go on a deep run to shut up all of those national media mouths. That's not a bad, I mean. I don't, I still like, I, they haven't done anything to warrant being talked about. It's just in the history of the franchise to this point. They're tied right now in the Western Conference standings with the Nuggets. They're right ahead of the Clippers and the Clippers haven't won a championship. But like, there's teams that have been good and competing and contending and are winning championships for a long time. Mm-hmm. Way ahead of the Wolves. So I, I will not be offended by this. They have to go and make a run. Go win a playoff series and get people talking
2: about you. I'm not going to fall yeah. into this like, oh, why
0: won't they talk about Guess us?
2: what? Force a studio crew to come here for the conference finals. And bitch about it. Can Force imagine, them to like, A. Target to, a. Oh, Smith? Charles would be, Barkley will take us. He will not Man, be pleased at all. It's eh, beautiful, but, comes, like, it's in clubs, May, June. He actually then.
1: would like the golf. Barkley would like the golf. because you he be complain about downtown? Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. There's
0: There's great restaurants, though, for Mm -hmm. Chuck. I think we could show Chuck a really good time in Minneapolis. Yeah, golf courses, some great restaurants. Take him to Manny's, you know, take him to
2: Porzana. Judd, your new favorite spot. Porzana's fantastic. In fairness, uh, Kendrick Perkins does like the the Wolves. He does. Kendrick Perkins. In in fact, Kendrick Perkins, Perkins is confrontational to his cohorts. Who tried to dismiss the wolves? So it's he pretty is. Good. and
0: Austin Rivers is on some of these panels now too, and he's kind of uh, he's a you know,
2: weird dude. Austin's a weird guy. He can be
0: really confrontational. Him and Kendrick yeah. Perkins got into it really kind of awkwardly on set yesterday. Yes, <laughs> like unnecessarily. At one good. point, Perk Perk was like, "Hey, just just let me finish. Calm down, dude. Give it a give it a rest." Uh, Brendan Slob says Jim Pete is an absolute legend even in all those years where we sucked. Jim was so interactive with fans and always held the team accountable on the broadcast and would call the players out when needed. Jim knows basketball as a player and as a WNBA title-winning coach. We are lucky to have such a great resource here on on Flagrant House. He's great, man. Like he oh, has sure a way he- of being able to say it like it is while still loving the team and yeah. you know like so many guys in that spot on TV are paralyzed by the idea of speaking truth you can do it in a respectful way
2: and still maintain relationships and he's done it for 20 plus years he also knows so much about the game itself that's the incredible thing like my biggest thing is going into every game teach me something right yeah Jim Jim Pete teaches you every single time sorry most guys don't
0: puts in a ton of prep work by the way like a lot of a lot of dudes just kind of say i
2: used to play in the nba for 15 years i'm just gonna show up tonight right watch a game michael grady and jim pete where do they rank in recent um in recent broadcast sports history of this town where do, do they rank i think they're one of the best i i think they are probably and i don't watch a ton of games outside of this market i think they have to be one of the best in the league right now Oh, yeah. But those two together, I mean, Michael Grady is not going to be here long. I don't think. I think he's going to be a national guy. But you can do like I mean, you can
0: do national. It just gets I mean, to like, be a lot. Well, but the number one national, Mike Breen, yeah.
2: has that's done mixed
0: games for years. So
2: that's true. But Michael Grady is outstanding. But Jim Pete, like I go through this, and if you if you think about it, now Provis on TV is going to be fantastic, but he's going to work with a rotation of guys. Like, Jim Peet's at every game, and great. I don't I, – I'm hard-pressed to think of a team, especially on television, that even approaches them in this town in, like, the last 10 years.
1: We're obviously, you know, very critical sometimes of our local announcers, but I would say that the Wolves crew that they have is by far the best. They are excellent. The whole thing is. And, look, they've had, what, Kevin Harlan, back in the day, used to call Wolves games yep. – They've had you know the the late Tom Hanneman, who was also incredible at what he did. So Gus
0: Johnson, Gus Johnson, Sean oh, God, Grandy like came in here for like a year or two before going Gus Celtics Johnson. for twenty years.
1: But yeah. yeah, they they have the best crew by far. I I watched a ton of like uh, other MLB and NHL crews over the last few years, and there's some that I definitely like, but I would say I would say the Wolves are by far the cream of the crop here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yeah, it's uh yeah, I mean. In, Jim Pete's the best color commentator locally. I think like, and I watch enough yeah. league pass and stuff. I just think he's the most prepared. He's he has uh, he'll, he'll take his like local beer goggles off more than the other oh, ones yeah. to say something that's truthful. Uh, Buddy, the dog chimes in here and says, I think Chris Finch is a phenomenal coach in many areas. Having said that, why is it that no young players like Wendell Moore, Josh Minot, as examples, get any playing time? Are we not developing young players? Ant and Jade McDaniels do not make up for all the others sitting on the bench and not playing. You cannot win a championship with only an eight-man rotation. Any injury will bring the season to an immediate halt. Last night, you know, so Jordan McLaughlin was injured and he popped up late on the injury report and Monte Morris has not joined the team yet. So they were already thin before the game, right? And so Chris Finch says, okay, um, just going to play an eight-man rotation. Everyone's going to play a bunch of minutes. Leonard Miller is going to be a rotation guy at some point, but defense is still a problem. I think probably more of a next year conversation for him. These other guys, Finch just doesn't trust yet. I mean, Wendell Moore jr. Has a really hard time making shots even in the G league. So you just can't really, you can't really trust him on either side of the ball right now. Um, Luca Garza is fun and he cleans up. He's like the, the quad a baseball a quad player. who It's like 40 bombs or- in triple a. Yeah. He's a quad but- A guy he's it's tough for him to hang defensively yeah uh josh mine kind of an energizer bunny but yeah like it is it's a little bit tough there's there's a little tom thibodeau in chris finch like royce oh, yeah. he was telling us this week that he just doesn't trust certain guys and if you fall out of favor he's just not going to circle back to you yep so it is yeah
2: a little bit mildly annoying i would say so when when of Those guys, do you think that any of them break or get into the rotation this season? Or do you think it's probably a 2024-25 thing?
0: I don't think this season. They've they've had so many chances with, like, they've been a player short for the whole year, basically. And they still have not really given. I thought they might give some run to, like, a Josh Minot. But at this point, especially if you get into the buyout market, you're going to have, like, 11 dudes so you're going to have starting when when McLaughlin comes back and then when Monte Morris comes in you'll have 10 in your rotation and then if they get like a Gallinari or you know any of the names we just talked about they will have 11 credible that's where like Jordan McLaughlin probably gets some DNP CDs and and um we'll see what happens to like Kyle Anderson's minutes but I think they're they've got enough veterans if they get one more in the buyout market but, yeah, some of these guys, especially with the luxury tax issues next year, they're going to need, like, a Leonard Miller making $2 million to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. And even from a trade perspective, it would be great if, like, Wendell Moore Jr. had some trade value and you could float him as part of a package because you don't have first-round picks as much to trade. But uh, that's probably, the one like, one of the knocks on what they're doing is they just have no time for some of these young players or they whiffed on them or they're not developing them. I don't know. They're 20 games over 500.
2: I was going to say, uh, yeah, and if they start to play them and <laughs> they fail, Finch is going to get uh, yeah criticized heavily for that. So, well, remember when he sort of tinkered no with win. he tinkered with a weird lineup, and it wasn't
0: like th- these young guys necessarily, right. but he tinkered with a weird lineup against the Spurs, and they got smoked yeah. off the court, and people yeah. were, like, wanting him fired for, can you imagine if you're, all right, you know what, I'll give you guys what you want. Wendell Moore is going to play for 15 minutes tonight yep. next to Josh Minot. And now and... he does get
2: fired. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, we don't need to be firing Chris Finch, folks, if they have a bad game against the Clippers. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, they're good.
2: Yeah, the record's good, but Finch can't coach. Look what the Bucs did. No,
0: he's, he's coaching brilliantly. Think about where this thing stood at times last year where you literally couldn't play your two seven-footers next to each other without like a negative net rating, and they yeah. were trying to just sort of work around that. He's getting those guys to thrive and be one of the best starting pairings in the entire league. Nas Reed, we can do an episode on this next week. Nas Reed, negative net rating by a mile with Rudy Gobert. His worst two-man pairing last year was Rudy Gobert. This year, his best two-man pairing is Rudy Gobert. Anthony Edwards is second. Like, he's getting these guys. He's unlocking
2: Rudy. these guys. And they were toxic, too, last year. Like... You, you've got what gobert taking a punch at kyle like that was that whole thing felt really really toxic so no they they get a lot of credit and again i'll go back to to this i think cat accepting like his role and sort of i don't want to say shutting up but he certainly does not seem to be as demonstrative i think that has helped a lot
0: yep he's fit in brilliantly a hundred percent uh, and again last night like he launched six three pointers. Sometimes you can you wonder like why isn't he shooting threes? He's been shooting more threes recently, four of six last night. So we'll see what happens here in the uh the last three games of this road trip before the all star break. And uh yeah, go check out the Jim Peterson episode from this week and from last week if you've if you've missed those on Thursdays. This is Flagrant Howls, everybody's favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. See you guys.